along to the Make It Count podcast. My name is David. My name's Matt. And we are the Taylor Bros. Yes, we are. I'm just laughing at your beautiful smile. <laughs> oh, it's a wonderful one today. And so, we're talking about this idea of habit fields today, but I thought it would be good to just refresh what is a habit. Well, a habit is something intentionally or maybe passively formed over time that mm. builds a behavior that becomes part of who you are and uh habit fields is something i think i sent the article to you that we're yeah. going to talk about today a little while ago and it turns out it was written was it nearly 10 years ago well, no, 2010 yeah it was so written. quite a while ago before habits were really big so this was interesting habit fields i mean that- when did charles duhigg's power of habit come out uh, probably 2000, around that time. That was probably okay. about 2009, 2010 as well, actually. Yeah, so uh, the dawn of the habit age, because nobody had ever thought of habits before then, of course. No, yeah, it's a brand new thing. Nobody had them. It was a whole total chaos pre-2010. Anyway, um, <laughs> Matt, do you want to give us a brief summary of what you understand habit fields to be? Yeah, I, I, I like the way that he talked about it. He says... In a sense, habits or learned behaviors are just a form of memory. Uh, and we have, when we think of memory, we often think of what's like the declarative memory, it's like events, stories, facts. But skills or behaviors or habits are procedural memory. And that's kind of what then we go into and we say, like, oh, we, we think about a souvenir or a, maybe like a portrait of a, we had a family history holiday. And we have put in our memory into that object. We have stored our memory in that object. Mm. He's then saying we can do the same thing with habits or learned behaviors. So when we do a behavior with an object or around an object, that object exerts a force field, like a habit force field around it. So some examples, a pencil, you know, it makes me want to write with it because that's effectively what it can do. A typewriter, I write watercolors i paint a book you read and that's what you do or like a, so it the gets example, more fuzzy though yeah. yeah so the example he opens the article with is basically goes imagine your desk yeah. right you've got you know you and that has memories maybe you were led there on your first day at work or it's something you built at home Right. So already there are some like memories establishing, oh, you have a desktop on top of it. And maybe there's a speaker and a pen and a mouse mat. And and then these things, you know, he goes, well, every time you sit at that place, if you work and you're, um, you know, efficient and effective and productive, every time you do that, you're creating the routine, but also you're embedding in that place those habit fields of hey, when I'm here, I'm productive, I'm efficient, I work well. But if in that same place, when you sit down, you go check your emails and you scroll on YouTube for a little bit and you look at a few things, actually, you're creating a habit of distraction, of procrastination. And so it's this negative habit field. And so he said, basically, they are memories, like you said, and habits are formed in these physical places. And the more we do them, the more we create these habit fields, the stronger they get, and the more we fall into them. Yeah, absolutely that. And I think he paints a beautiful picture of actually the the ability for, for example, our computers or our smartphones or our tablets to multitask and do a million different tasks actually can start to create a habit field which leads us towards the act of switching tasks 
rather than any one particular task. Mm -hmm. And he said he, he, the thing about a tablet in contrast to even to a laptop is it's become less physical. There is no physical keyboard. There is no physical mouse. So it has even less of a clear defined habit field than a laptop does. It's what he calls a fuzzy habit field. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's difficult because we then have to, uh, whereas a typewriter, there's very few things you can do with it. It has told you already. It has made the decision. You're going to write with me. You know, maybe you throw it out the window, but that, <laughs> but you're going to write with me. But a tablet or a computer, because you can do so many things, I have to actively decide what am I going to do with this today? Mm. And that is then our trouble. That is our problem. The, the ability for them to do so many things can distract us from doing the one thing that we want to do. So, yeah, I think it was interesting because maybe we should go into a few maybe more specifics around what these look like. But this idea that basically physical places store memories or create yeah. A, a field around them. And we know this. He talks about in the article, you know, hey, that sofa you sit on to watch TV, uh, you know, you switch the TV on, you switch off. And actually, the more you do that, the more you just, whenever you sit there, it becomes the routine, the habit, it becomes stronger, it becomes reinforced. And maybe there's another chair where it's like, hey, this is the chair I read. And hey, at, when I'm at this desk is when I write or I'm creative or whatever. And I suppose the one he didn't talk about, but I thought was quite interesting is the bedroom right the bed specifically right so we are the bed should be a place which you associate with sleep i think you've talked about that previously and and so really being in bed should be a time when you are sleeping or trying to sleep or you know resting into sleep but many of us what do we do we sit there on our phones or many of us have tvs in our beds and so we get used to being in bed watching and being stimulated yeah and so we dissociate being in bed with being asleep no wonder we have sleep mm. issues whereas if actually we create a habit field in that place of like when i'm in bed i am asleep or trying to sleep or wind down into sleep and relaxing and rested and calm yeah. then actually every time you go to bed we've created that force field or that habit field as they talk about which gets stronger and stronger and stronger absolutely and that's why they say if you are struggling to fall asleep and it's been more than 20 minutes the best thing you can do for yourself for the long term is actually get out of bed go somewhere comfortable and you know either listen to something calming or maybe read something but not too bright light so that you are allowing yourself to get more and more drowsy but you are not struggling to sleep in your bed. You're you're breaking that association of not being able to sleep and the bed, such that you come back, you're drowsier, you get back into bed, and you you fall to sleep more naturally. That has then strengthened that bond of ah, in this place I sleep, rather than ah, oh, I really want to sleep but I can't. Yeah. So it was just the the article of about habit fields was quite interesting because it gave yeah. habits like this more tangible like real world thing and i think yeah people kind of known this for a while hey I, in this chair i do this when i'm here i read that when i'm here i do this um but yeah the idea of actually intentionally crafting that and it's like well okay i need to create this desk as a place where i only work so what do i need to eliminate from that what do i need to bring to that and if mm. i realize i'm not actually i need to stop that straight away because i want that to be a a really intentional habit field yeah i think that this is drawing to mind obviously we are now in a world where 
lots of people are experiencing hybrid work or even just fully working from home, remote working. And of course, the office building was a, in a sense, a habit location. It was you go there to work. And now I'm sure lots of people will have had plenty of distracting behaviours before, but it still is. It's different from your home. It's different from leisure activities. It's separated. So the challenge is, well, what do I do when I have a place of work, but it's also a place of home? And then he talks about, actually, he used to have a what he called a, a distraction chair, mm-hmm. which helped him to move away from some of these distracting behaviors when he wanted to work. He literally said, if I want to go on social media, I'm going to unplug my laptop, go and sit in the comfy chair, which is the distraction chair, and play around for however long one, and then come back and work. And that was an attempt to, in the context of those two places, split those behaviors out, even though the device was the same. The device was fuzzy, but the context was clear. Yeah. So I suppose one of the things he also encourages is just like, like an order of like what are the habits you already have you mm. know what are what are those fields exist in your space because they probably do whether we recognize them or not maybe even if we, as we've been talking you've recognized oh yeah that's that chair that's this place that's you know that desk and oh yeah maybe it's not as tidy as i or like you know that as helpful as i'd like it to be um so yeah to start thinking about those things and recognizing that the thing that is interesting for me, it comes back to as from an engineering perspective, so often the the creativity or the, the, the freedom is within the constraints. So when if you're given just like a, an unbounded problem with zero constraints, it's actually very difficult to know what does the solution space look like. Mm. Uh, but when you have constraint, it could even just be as simple as the cost. It cannot be more expensive than this. But in this example we're looking at again it's like when the devices are all in a sense all powerful they have these superpowers they can do anything we have to almost re-implement constraints on them in order to, for us to be effective in doing what i want to do so it could be as simple i mean i have colleagues who have uh it's a it's a bit like the kindle technology the original kindle technology like ink digital ink mm-hmm. and it's a it's a digital notepad that they can write notes on so it's digitalized, it saves it, but that's all they can do with it. They can write notes. They can't access the internet and everything. And no, that is an example of a piece of technology that has one purpose and it's deliberately to help them get more effective in that. So what does that look like in bringing intentional constraints back to help us, to, to yeah. free us to do what we want to do? Yeah, I wonder if that's another another topic altogether, that just yeah. idea that many times we're sold on the multifunctionality or the multi-purpose of an item but actually sometimes the strength is in doing one thing really well and only that thing yeah. um, rather than the task switching i suppose as i was thinking about this it was just this re- like helpful idea that we are physical people and we live in physical spaces and that actually our memory and our habits reflect the places we live in and we can reinforce and be intentional with them or and and help us move forward or we can otherwise undermine that and so i want to be someone that hey when i'm sitting at this desk i'm working hard i'm productive i'm you know writing or whatever but actually if half the time i come i'm not doing those things and i'm flitting over here and i'm looking at that that undermines that and so finding solutions for that so i'm sure you could uh matt you're gonna put the 
article in the show notes, aren't you? Of course, I will. Yeah. Might find it more revealing than our 10-minute ramble about it. Yeah, exactly. It'll probably take you as long to read it as it did for us to talk about it. But then you get a second repetition, so you'll doubly exactly. remember it at that point. Um, well, thanks for listening to the uh, podcast this week. We really appreciate you taking the time to do that. Um, let us know what questions you have or what uh, habit builds that you've identified that work for you. We'd love to hear about some of them in your life. Absolutely. See you next week.